This is the, the final message on uh, courageous living. And uh, this message, we're talking about prevailing prayer. And uh, as we look at prevailing prayer here today, I want to uh, just, just, just get it out in our, our just kind of out on the landscape for us here that prayer is going to be the thing that paves the way for all of the other areas that we looked at previously. Talked about walking in faith and not walking in fear. We talked about answering the call. We talked about overcoming discouragement and, and uh, being people of perseverance. We talked, uh, we had one week where we looked at some lessons from David, life lessons from a giant slayer on how to live behind the scenes so that we're courageously walking out God's purpose for us. And as we look at prevailing prayer today, we're going we're gonna to see uh, that, that prayer is, it, it's the foundation on staying purposeful and living courageously uh, before the Lord and with the Lord. Uh, now with that, I heard somebody say years ago, uh, you know, some stuff is taught and some stuff is caught. And so as we get into this today, and as, as I, with Holy Spirit's enablement, as I teach today, really the win is that we catch what he wants us to do as far as the steps we're supposed to take individually and moving forward in God's purpose. And that's going to affect what happens corporately here today uh, and, and in the days to come. Can you say amen? amen. So, so I, I don't want you to hear just a couple of things to sort of tee this up as we go. As we talk about prayer, I don't want you to hear a Christian duty that you're supposed to embrace. Amen? I don't want you to hear... I do these works and the works make God happy. Don't want to be thinking from that perspective. Why would I start off saying that? Because that, that's religious mindset and that's all around us. Many of us, we came out of very religious background. I, I heard somebody say one time, we have been religiously brainwashed rather than New Testament taught. You know, so, so we don't want to be thinking religiously that if I just start piling on more prayers into my life, that somehow God's going to be happier. But instead, what we want to catch is that prayer is, is the, the interaction with us in the Lord, where God brings heaven on earth through his people. Prayer is, is, is not the thing, it's what God uses to do the thing. Are you tracking with me? Can you say amen? So, so as we talk about the importance of prayer and, and, and the need for us to keep prayer healthy and churned up in our lives, let's be just thinking from the perspective, man, if we want to run the race that God has marked out for us, we have to live our lives as people of prayer. And, and, and so I, I want to get into it, unpack it a little bit. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. Thank you, Lord, for Laying it out there, that's pretty clear. Anything means anything. But just in case we didn't that, get that, he says, hey, and then in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So again, prayer isn't a, a, a duty that we perform, it's a lifestyle that we, that we walk out as we walk with the Lord. 
Amen. Uh, 1 Timothy 2.8, Therefore I want men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. You know what, church, I say that there's too much anger, too much disputing, and not enough men lifting up holy hands in prayer to the Lord. Amen. Come on, can you say amen? That was a great amen spot, by the way. You, you know, pound for pound, it ought to be people lifting up holy hands, praying, seeking God's face. James 5.13, if anyone among you, uh, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I love this. Elijah was a human being even as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. You know why the Lord put this in here for us? Because if he didn't put that part in, we would say, well... It's Elijah. He's super follower of God. You know, that's super prophet. You know, that's not normal people. That's Elijah. And God specifically has it put into his word. No, he was a person just like you, just like me. The thing that was extraordinary is that he believed God and he prayed courageously. And he walked out the will of God and God did incredible things through him. You hear this message uh, dovetailing with some of the words that we heard here this morning, right? Nothing is impossible with God. And as we will trust him and as he w we will be his hands, his feet, his voice, his heart to the world around us, mountains will be flattened. The kingdom of darkness will be driven back through little old you and me, right? And I tell you, I, I, from time to time, there's a particularly heavy burden that I feel during sermon prep. And it happened again here with this. So much so that I commented to my wife, I just said, wow. And she's like, wow, what? I said, there's just, I feel such a burden. Don't misunderstand that. I don't think it's a burden of, of correction for us. Because we as a church family have been pursuing the Lord with just greater intensity of pursuit. Can you say amen? I felt like it was a burden of his heart of the necessity of a rich prayer life in the life of every believer. Not works, not performance, but the thing that does the thing that God wants to do. That, that's our prayer life. You tracking so far? Amen? So uh, prayer is to be woven into the fabric of our days. We need to get comfortable praying and letting it be the foundation, the undergirding, and the forerunner of all that we do. If we're going to live purposeful, if we're going to leave kingdom advancing courageous lives. Prayer is work. Can anybody say amen? amen. Prayer is work. It's not easy. You know, when an obstacle comes down the road and we, we say, you know what, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to pray, that takes courage. You know, when we are praying and the circumstances don't move, it takes courage. When we're praying and the circumstance goes from bad to worse, it takes courageous perseverance. 
and we just got to dig in and we have to just, just keep going after God. E.M. Bounds said, our praying, however, needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistency which will not be denied, and a courage that never fails. Amen. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. That, that kind of courageous prayer. Now, now let's just, you know, what is prayer defined? You know, uh, I heard somebody say, hey, it's just simply talking to God. And I think that's, that's good. And I think that's a, a good starting point. But it's also God talking back to us. Can you say amen? Right? Prayer is God talking back. You, you know, uh, I think it's so interesting when Christians who have any kind of a, a public platform, whether it's in entertainment or in government or whatever, I have seen people that aren't believers come back and, and, and they try to make it as if the person is a lunatic because they made a statement that said, God spoke to me. That person must be crazy. God spoke to them. No, no, no. You know what? That's so arrogant. And the Bible has a word for that kind of thinking. God says that's a fool who says in his heart there is no God. And at the end of the day, there is a God. And he is a God who wants to speak and interact and partner with his people to see his hope and his salvation and his healing and his light work its way into every dark corner of the world. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. So prayer is me talking to God, and yes, God talking to me too. Sound mind. Amen. The Bible says we have nothing crazy about that. So, uh, but, but the word prayer, uh, actually, the Greek word means a desire toward. Isn't that interesting? A desire toward. Man, if that's not catching the heart of what we're talking about, prayer is not a chore, it's not a duty, it's a desire toward the Lord and his ways and his kingdom moving forward. John Wesley, uh, Pastor Ralph mentioned earlier, he said, bear up the hands that hang down by faith and prayer, support the tottering knees. Have you any days of fasting and prayer? Storm the throne of grace, persevere therein, and mercy will come down. Amen. You know, one of the greatest hazards of believers in this generation is all of the convenience that we have at our fingertips. Prevailing prayer is not microwave prayer. And if we're not careful, all of the convenience and quick at our fingertips of everything in our world around us, if we're not careful as believers, we start to let that leak into our approach to prayer. But instead, we got to have this picture. I mean, I love this picture from John Wesley. This echoes the scriptures we just read, you know. It, do, do we want the hands to hang down, to be borne up? Do we, do we want to see those that are shaky, you know, strengthened? Are we fasting and praying? Have we stormed the throne of grace? And have we so persevered until mercy has come down? Amen. Amen. That's the opportunity that's before us. That's, that's uh, uh, an opportunity to step into that we have. So our main scripture that we're going to unpack here today, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And this is something that I <clears throat> have gone back to over the last couple, last many years actually. It's just a, a, such an important uh, 
reminder for us in the body of Christ and what we see in this verse. And, and it's actually Ephesians chapter 6 is uh, one of the uh, strongest uh, chapters on spiritual warfare that we see in the Bible. Actually, Sister Karen's going to be doing uh, some messages coming up on Wednesday nights talking about the armor of God. You know, in the whole picture that we're given, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Uh, first, we're, we're told to put on the belt of truth that, that holds it all together, our, our feet prepared, uh, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and the shield of faith with which we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So this is about victory. This is about battle. This is about overcoming. This is about spiritual warfare. We're given all this armor for God. And then in that same context, we're given verse 18. So, so let's look at it this way, verse 10 and verse 18. We'll, we'll look at what introduces the armor and then what it says about prayer. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. That's what we're going to dig in on and what we're going to look at here in just a minute are five keys that will unlock a prevailing prayer life, a courageous prayer life for us if we unlock all of these. Before we get to it, just, just a, a verse that encapsulates it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17, always be joyful, keep on praying. Amen. I love it. Now, now, Jesus didn't say just pray to have volume of words, right? Because we're told in Scripture, vain repetition is what, you know, the, the heathen do, right? Vain repetitions, vain prayers to their God. That, that, that's not what moves God. And the idea of always praying isn't about talking him into something or, or praying uh, to, to the point where uh, we do enough works where it moves his hand. But again, it's going back to this picture of, no, I pray always because prayer is a desire toward. I live with a desire toward him and his kingdom and his ways and, and listening for what he wants to do in me, what he wants to do through me. Tracking so far? Amen? Come on. Amen? Amen. All right. Five keys to prevailing prayer. Number one, key number one from Ephesians 6.18 is consistency. Consistency. And Paul uh, admonishes here, praying always is how this verse starts out. If we look in Luke 18.1 in the message, Jesus told them a story showing that it was necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit. And, and, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is, again, in our, in our modern era, the, the majority of believers in our world uh, don't have a, cons a consistent prayer life. They've never allowed a consistent prayer life to develop into their lives because it is a lot of work and because the enemy knows that a prevailing prayer life will wreck his day, will wreck the kingdom, that he can't stand against it. And that's why he works so hard to keep believers from growing and developing into a consistent prayer life. Matthew 26, 40, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. This is Jesus in the garden before he goes to the cross. And he said to Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Man, they, I mean, they watched Jesus do all the stuff. 
all the miracles, they participated in these things, you know, and uh, they were just so exhausted with all that was going on. Jesus brings, you know, his inner circle with him. He's, he's wrestling, you, you know, dealing with the, the crosses just right before him is all about to happen. He, we're told in, in scripture that the pressure is so that he's sweating like drops of blood and he brings his inner circle, man, c- come and pray with me. Come and stand with me, watch, you know, and they're, they're just so exhausted and so, so kind of shot spiritually to discern what's going on uh, that they just fall asleep. Uh, there was a, uh, a Norwegian theologian, uh, goes back to the late 1800s, uh, and he, he passed away in early 1960s, Professor Halsby, uh, and he said this, contact with the world and with the multitude distracts us and scatters our thoughts. For this reason, it is necessary for us to withdraw at regular intervals to attain the quietude to hear God's voice. I love that one more time the Lord was saying today, the clutter's getting out, the distractions are getting out. Because again, that is one of the, the, the chief hazards of our day is all the distraction. I thank God that in his grace and his mercy, sometimes he shouts over the noise in my life. But how many know I can't take that for granted? I can't neglect the, the scriptural principles that say I need to be still and know he's God. I have to get before him in a quiet place. You know, there's those times where we have to stop and learn. So the consistency of prayer life is not to earn brownie points. It's to sculpt our lives into a place where we live with our ears in tune to even just the whisper of Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, There's a... Uh, another fellow, he, he lived in the late 1700s. I, I spent some time going through and looking at some of the lives and some of the great quotes that came out of um, people who carried the fire of God and, and courageous prayer lives and, and purposeful kingdom living in, in different generations. And so this is Edwin Payson. He was, uh, you know, uh, 1780s born, lived to uh, about 1827. And his biographer said this about him. Prayer was preeminently the business of his life. Just think about that statement for a second, you know, the the business of one's life and how many other things would get tagged into the, that, that expression, you know, for, for different people. But for him, prayer was the business of his life. And how about George Whitfield? Uh, he, he is uh, really attributed as the, the, uh, the catalyst, the spark for the igniting of the first great awakening when uh, America was still just colonies. As a matter of fact, when you go back and look at it historically, it's considered the, the, gal- the galvanizing event uh, that, that really um, pulled, the, um, you know, pulled the states together you know, in the pursuit of independence. And you know, we, we were founded as a Christian nation, but how many know that the devil doesn't sleep when God is moving? You know, and we had, uh, you know, all of the uh, enlightenment stuff that was going on and, and the intellectual movement that was trying to say, well, there is no God and, and let's move away from all of that. So there was those wrestlings were going on right here in the colonies. But God's answer to that was to send a great awakening that swept through the colonies. And there was lots of uh, folks that got used in that process. But George Whitfield was an evangelist. And imagine this, and, you know, we're, we're talking colonial era times, right? Uh, 
he preached 18,000 times to probably some 10 million odd people. And, uh, and as a result of his faithfulness to the Lord, I imagine he was a tired man. I was tired when I just read that. I was like, oh, wow, there, there's a lot to that. But as, as a result, you know, history now tells us there was a first great awakening. And listen to his attitude toward consistency in prayer. He said, whole days and weeks I have spent prostrate on the ground in silent or vocal prayer. So when you look at the move of God and, and the things that he did that literally uh, touched our nation, uh, touched our, the, the colonies so, so powerfully, uh, it was a heart that recognized, man, I need to know my God. And I need to know him in that quiet place. And then when he brings me out from the quiet place, then I can carry his voice, his power, his anointing, uh, his, his light into the world around me. And, and when he was asked about the, the success that was going on, many of the evangelists uh, that were asked over the years of the, the, the success spiritually, you know, people getting saved and, and uh, turning to the Lord, it was always, let me show you the intercessors that have paved the way in prayer. How many know that true prevailing prayer is never, ever wasted? In fact... Without prevailing prayer that goes as a forerunner to prepare the way for what God is wanting to do, there are things that just don't, won't happen that are a part of his will. Man, that's sobering, right? To give us a vision for, uh, for, for the importance of prayer. All right, let's look at the second key, variety. Variety of prayer. Uh, Ephesians 6.18, pray always, and then it goes on to say, with all prayer. Now, uh, in the New International, it makes that a little clearer with all kinds of prayer. And how many know there are different kinds of prayer? There's prayer of thanksgiving. There's prayers of praise. Uh, there's prayers of petition where we're coming on behalf of our needs. There's prayers of intercession where we're praying, standing in the gap for others. There's all kinds of prayer. Uh, there was a, another a Bible teacher from another generation who, he said it this way, get out of the ruts of prayer. Had somebody after uh, first service say, hey, thank you for that quote. I, 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 I was dealing with some ruts in prayer, and that was a good way to put it where I got a hold of that. I was so glad. He said, some of us can only pray in one way, and consequently, we get tired of praying. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many have ever gotten tired of praying? The ruts of prayer are the deepest ruts in the world, he goes on to say. Mark eleven twenty four. that's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large, including or include everything as you embrace this God life. See, there it is again. There's the picture. What is prayer? It's embracing the God life. And you'll get God's everything all happens as we interact and as we relate with him in, in a full prayer life. Key number three, intensity. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. That word supplication uh, is speaking of an intensity in prayer. Now, how many know I'm not talking about in the natural or in the soul? I'm not talking about solical intensity. You know, like, well, if I really want to be spiritual, I have to be loud. Right, how many know that we can have a greater a greater intensity in a whisper. 
sometimes than, than with shouting on the top of our lungs. Nothing wrong with loud. Sometimes when God's moving, loud is what comes out and, and great. But what I'm saying is intensity, not of a solical nature, but an intensity of the spirit. And here's the thing, we can't drum it up and we can't manufacture it. We can focus, we can say, Lord, I'm here, I'm ready. You know, but ultimately, Holy Spirit is going to come and move. And then as we catch his heart, it's going to be this, um, what we just said, walking in that God life. Church, amen? It's going to be that God life pouring out of us as we love what he loves, as we hate what he hates, as our heart is burdened with what he's burdened with, right? Then it just, it just pours out of our life. So this, this word supplication, uh, it, it really, um, in the Latin, the Latin word uh, is, is like speaking of something being stretched, you know, I was thinking like, you know, like a drum head being stretched over a drum kind of a thing. Uh, but the idea behind it is it's something existing in an extreme degree. I love that. We, we don't want to have prayers that are passive. We don't want to have prayers that are disinterested in what we're praying about. How many know those prayers are wasted time and wasted breath? Come on, can you say Amen. Right? So that we just want to have uh, an intensity that comes from the Lord as he, as he works in our life. Luke 18, 6, uh, the second part of that says, Don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who plead with him day and night? There's that intensity, that pleading. You know, I'm just going to lean in. I'm going to keep going after God. Now understand, the pleading isn't talking God into doing his will. The pleading is battling against the enemy. It's declaring what God wants. You know, there's times we see in Scripture where, where, the, praise, uh, where, where the prayers and, and, and the, the praises of God's people in worship, uh, they're, they're equated to bowls that get filled up. Amen? And then when they're filled up, God pours them out. I don't understand the whole dynamic of, of that other than going back to Elijah when he was praying for the rain. It, it, it actually, here's something interesting. He got into the Hebrew birthing position and, and he prayed seven times what God said he already wanted to do. So he was God's voice, God's mouth. God is saying, I want to do this. I want you to pray it and declare it into being. And why was it seven times? Because everywhere in the Bible, that word, or that number seven, it speaks of it being completed. So that's why there needs to be an intensity of prayer because sometimes it's, I have to keep standing in this. I got to keep standing in it. Got to keep declaring it, keep praising him for it, keep pleading and pressing until it's complete. Well, how do I know what's complete? I don't know other than except for when you feel a release and a breakthrough uh, or when we see the prayer happen in the natural where it's answered. Can you say Amen. Right? So, so uh, the, this idea of, of an intensity in our prayers. And, and again, I, I, I can't say enough. Uh, I, I'm not saying, um, y you know, I'm not saying be reserved and, and, and hold back. And I'm also not saying it, that, that it's about how loud we are. It's just about having a fervency on the inside. Romans 8.26. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and aching groans. Have you ever had where the burden, you couldn't even pray words? 
but you just, it was groans and it was, have you ever just let gasping sighs out to the Lord because that's all you could, that's all you could get out of your mouth? Isn't it beautiful to know Holy Spirit takes that as prayer and brings that before the throne of God? Isn't that beautiful, right? Thank you, Holy Spirit. In James 5, 16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, and ladies, how many know a righteous woman as well, uh, makes tremendous power available. Amen. E.M. Bounds again. Uh, he says, no erudition, uh, that's an older word not used so much, that just that is speaking of education, knowledge, you know, book learning. No purity of dictation, no width of mental outlook, no flower of eloquence, no grace of person can atone for lack of fire. Man. Prayer ascends by fire. Flames give prayer access as well as wings, acceptance as well as energy. There is no incense, right? We know in the temple, the incense, uh, that, that, that smoke that went up before the Lord, and that was, that was representing um, intercession. There is no incense without fire, no prayer without flame. Amen. Uh, this, this is David Brannard uh, uh, ministering to the Native American population, again, way, way back in the day. And here is his heart. He says, again, tell me if you don't catch in this the picture of its desire toward. It's walking out a God life. And his assignment is to go and preach the gospel to a people who have never heard the gospel before. And he says this, my soul was exceedingly enlarged and I was in such anguish that I pleaded with much earnestness and importunity. How many know, boy, they sure talked different back in the days, huh? Right? When I rose from prayer, I was extremely weak and overcome. He literally poured his soul out, praying, getting before God, doing intercession for people who were lost. He said I could, he was so, uh, so overcome that he could scarcely walk straight from just pouring himself out in prayer. That's why I say, thank God for all of our conveniences. Let the conveniences store up all of our focus so we don't have to worry about all that other stuff that we can press in and persevere in pursuing God with all of our heart. Amen? Rather than letting all those conveniences just kind of lull us down uh, from going all after him. Paul said it this way, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent, full of fire. All right, number four, uh, alertness. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer. And here it says being watchful. And watchful is just another way of saying be alert, looking for the needs around you. Colossians 4, 2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Mark 13, 32 to 33, but of that day and hour, no one knows, even, not even the angels in heaven or the son, but only the father. What is he talking about? when Jesus is coming back, right? He said, but take heed, watch and pray for you do not know when the time is. And it's interesting in scripture, often Jesus links the word watch with prayer. So it's an alertness, right? It's a, it's a presence. You know, again, that's another thing. I, I don't want to sound like I'm like anti-technology or anything. I, I see it in my own life, you know, having a phone and having all the little bells that remind us of, of different things. It, it just so attacks being present in the moment on what we're supposed to be doing, right? And, and this alertness is, is about, yeah, I push all that stuff aside and I got an ear turned, Lord, what is it you're saying? 
What is it that you're wanting to show me in this situation? Can you say amen? All right, number five, perseverance. Ephesians 6, 18, praying with all prayer and perseverance. The Amplified Version says, keep alert with strong purpose or perseverance. And again, perseverance defined, that's to persist in an undertaking in spite of circumstances or opposition or discouragement. Certain requirements, this is uh, Professor Halsby again, another great quote from, from this man of God from times past. Certain requirements must be met in the art of prayer uh, if the art of prayer is to be acquired. In the main, there are two, practice and perseverance. Without practice, no Christian will become a real man or woman of prayer. And practice cannot be attained without perseverance. Right? So when we talk about that work of prayer, how important it is for us to do the work of prayer. Now at this time, I want to shift gears a little bit because uh, I, I, want to share, I want to share something that the Lord spoke to me back at the end of 2012. And I want to tie it in with something that we're going to be doing in preparation for the resurrection season. So everybody's still with me? Everybody tracking along so far? Amen? So we got five keys for prevailing prayer. Some of you may have heard this, so uh, I'm saying it again that it would be, okay, good. Let me hear this again. Let, let me remember this is something God's wanting to do. And if you're hearing it new, praise God, you can get on board. So it was December of 2012. And Pastor Walt uh, had a guest here from Eastern Europe. He was an apostolic leader named George Bakalov. And uh, he was an apostolic overseer of thousands upon thousands of churches that, that God was just exploding all over Eastern Europe. And, uh, and he, was, he was a great man of God. It was a good day. He preached a good message. But now this, you know, well over, what did we get, uh, 12, whatever years later, I can't count with my fingers right now. Uh, you, you know, what I remember is not his sermon, but what I remember is something that happened in the sanctuary that the Lord spoke to me. I was already in um, uh, mentoring with Pastor Walt, knowing that he would be uh, making the transition with me uh, to, to take the senior pastor role. And uh, I began to seek God immediately, Lord, uh, what would you want to say to me as I prepare for that? And so that's kind of the context of, of what I'm sharing here. George made mention of the beginning of his message about what God was doing in the churches in Eastern Europe, and that as the people in the congregation, when they were gathered corporately like this, they would begin to pray. And when they would pray, they would lift up their voices, and it would just be like the sound of rushing water as this, this fire, this intensity for God, this supplication would pour out of them by the Spirit. And it's interesting this, this, this picture of hearing what sounds like rushing water. Uh, I have a story with rushing water. Back in 1989 in October, uh, my, my wife at the time, no, she wasn't my wife at the time, my wife now, my girlfriend at the time, there you go, uh, was with me. We were at a believers meeting in North Jersey at Fairleigh Dickinson University. Uh, there was a ministry that came into town and they rented space there and we were at this meeting and uh, there was opportunity to get baptized in the Holy Spirit at, and I had been seeking that and for Annette, this is all super, super brand new. Uh, so she wasn't quite had that on the radar yet, but for me, I was kind of seeking, but hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And they had a call for people to come forward. And they even said, this is very unusual that this is a believer's meeting, but, uh, y- y- you know, we're, we're going to call for uh, the unsaved to come forward, and then we're going to call for uh, people who haven't been filled with the Spirit to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we got brought into this room. Uh, I want to say maybe there was, had to be 150 maybe people in there, maybe closer to 200, somewhere around that. And the, the altar counselor began to pray with us, and my wife and I both got baptized in the Holy Spirit that day. And in that room, I remember as we were as we were starting to pray in our new prayer language, I remember thinking to myself, it sounds like rushing water all around me. It just sounded like we were under a waterfall. You know, just the sound of everybody lifting up their voices and praying in the Spirit. And I've been at concerts and I've been in conventions and I've been in meetings and I've heard people talking and I've heard crowds and it just never sounded that way before. You know, and I just is something I took note of. Now here, George Bakalov is, is sharing this, this picture of uh, the saints in Eastern Europe filled with the Spirit praying out, and it's the sound of rushing water as God's Spirit is is working through His people. And the Lord immediately spoke to me and said, that is my plan for this church. I desire to do that here at the Church of Grace and Peace. And at that time, I was still just in like, okay, you know, but it was one of the first things that it was just so clear to me that the Lord was saying, this is something I want you to steward. This is something I want you to listen for my voice because this is something that I want to do. And you understand that picture, just connecting all the dots here, it's that we would be a praying people in our lifestyle that would come together and as we pray together, God would do significant work in the moving of his kingdom through his people as we gather together corporately. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Amen. So, so the, again, not by might, not by power, it's by his spirit. We just have the, the, um, the opportunity for the Lord to take us by the hand and get walked through with him to just grow our prayer life. Let me just use a, a totally non-scriptural picture, but I, I think it, it bears really good here. You ever hear the phrase, inch by inch, life's a cinch, yard by yard, life is hard? You know, the, the, the message today, I'm not suggesting that all of a sudden everybody, you know, develop a 10-hour-a-day prayer life, you know? Um, also, I want to be clear, too, this is not, all right, fine, Jim, I get it. You're really strong-arming us here. I'll pile prayer onto my life now because I, I need another thing to do. No. Everybody say no. As a matter of fact, you know, our worship team tapped into it in what what God had them prepare today. It isn't, I'm going to pile prayer on. It's, I'm going to make room for you. And God prepared us in in even those words. And get the clutter out. Stuff out of the dark places. The stuff out of the basement. The stuff out of the attic. Get all the clutter and the junk out. And make room so that the Lord can help us lean into that God life, that God life lifestyle that he's daring us to step into. Can you say amen? So just, we just take it one step at a time. What does that look like? How do I start making more room? Well, here's something uh, that now I want to tell you the second part, uh, what, I, what I mentioned I wanted to share. So during uh, the 40 days that lead up to Palm Sunday, so that's the Lenten season, right? On the church calendar, we know that's Ash Wednesday through Palm Sunday. That is February 22nd, and I believe Palm Sunday is April 2nd. So that's a 40-day period of time. We have a couple of different times here. We've done something called Seek God for the city. 
And it's been a little, uh, it's been like a little devotional looking book with a variety of ways to pray. And we've just taken that season of time and just sort of made it like, hey, let's just go ahead and pray. But I, I, I want to I wanna try to cast some vision for the opportunity that I believe we have uh, during this season. Uh, we're going to do this via email where you're going to get a daily email blast of what the prayer point is for the day over those 40 days. And uh, so if we don't have your email address, if I forget to say this at the end, make sure we have your email address so we can get you in on this. And there will be paper copies for anybody who, for whatever reason, you don't have email. Uh, but the primary way is through email. And, and here's the thing. This Seek God for the City 40-day period of time, I want you to look at it like you're being handed a toolbox to develop and grow your prayer life wherever you are, whether you are a prayer veteran or you're just right saying what prayer life or wherever in between. And here's the opportunity. There's going to be a prayer for revival, for God to revive us from the Old Testament. There's going to be a prayer for revival coming out of the New Testament that we're going to be able to pray. There is going to be uh, 40 different groups of people in our city, if, if you're not from Tom's River, then you make it for, you know, wherever you're from, however you want to do it. And let's just say here in Ocean County, 40, what do you mean by 40 different groups of people? Well, gang members, those that are bound in addiction, teachers, uh, EMTs and emergency workers, our, our government leaders locally in our area. So, so we, we've got Old Testament revival prayer, New Testament revival prayer, praying for different people in our region. And then uh, across each week, there are going to be a variety of nations that we can pray for. And how cool, what, what a thought this is. We'll, we'll have prayed for every nation on the planet over 40 days, praying for the nations. Praying for God to come and move and, and touch the nations. And so I, I just, I want you to hear the vision for this because you want to know, like, if you just, if you just get handed an email or you just pick up the packet, you might look at it, it's like there's some stuff on paper and there's some prayers to pray. No, 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 no. This isn't, this is a springboard to enlarge our prayer lives. For the person who says, I don't even know what to pray for, for my community. At the end of 40 days, there's going to be 40 different segments of our society, that are of our culture, that you're going to be able to pray for. Well, well, hey, Jim, what if God has me pray for somebody that's not on the list? Yes. Amen. It's a springboard, not a box. It's a toolbox to be creative in your prayer life, not something to inhibit you. Can you say Amen. But in that, to get a context of ways we can pray for revival and to, you know, there will be some nations, you know, names of countries have changed. There will be some nations we'll not even have heard of that we'll have the privilege of bringing before the Lord over this 40-day period of time. Can you say amen? So, so I just want to encourage you that we're actually coming in uh, for a landing here uh, uh, on this uh, bit of... I don't even want to call it a promo because I, I want it to be an opportunity to cast vision. And, and here's the thought. If your devotion life is waning, this is a great way to fire it back up. 
if you've lost touch praying with your spouse, a great way to fire that back up. If there's not prayer happening with, with your family, your kids in your household, great way to connect everybody in around one of those prayers, around several of those prayers. You know, maybe there's morning and evening, but you know, the, the idea of the Lenten season where you ever, ever hear somebody kind of say, religiously speaking, what are you giving up for Lent? You know, I'm giving up Hershey's chocolate. Not all chocolate, just Hershey's chocolate, right? People really make some serious sacrifices during this time. But you want to know what? This season that leads up to the resurrection season, it's a wonderful time for us. Do you know, I, I, I did mention this a few weeks back, more people will, re, will respond and come to church on Resurrection Sunday, the studies tell us, than any other day during the year. So if God is calling us to be a people in a place of prayer, and if a prayer life, not as a works, but as a lifestyle so that we walk with the Lord and walk out his will for our lives, if those things God is saying that's a part of his purpose for us in this year, how cool to be able to tie that in to a 40-day period of time where even the nominal you know, backslidden, you know, even uh, Christian world is saying, hey, wait a minute, we should be paying attention to the Lord this season. How much will God take the efforts of somebody who's saying, Lord, you can have it all and do something in my life during this season. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 All right. Hey, I want to uh, close us with uh, a couple of uh, uh, quotes because I found more than I could use in the message. Wherever the church is aroused and the world's wickedness is arrested, somebody has been praying. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. If they will perish, let them perish without, with our arms about their knees. Let no one go there unwarned and unprayed for. The days in which we live are days of great opportunity and of grave responsibility. And a secondhand religion is not good enough for times such as these. They demand that we should always be at our best if we are to seize our opportunities and manfully shoulder our responsibilities. Amen. Amen. Let me just give you two more and I'm going to close this in prayer. Depend upon it. If you are bent on prayer, the devil will not leave you alone. He will molest you, tantalize you, block you, and will surely find some hindrance, big or little, or both. And we sometimes fail because we are ignorant of his devices. I do not think he minds our praying about things if we leave it at that. What he minds and opposes steadily is the prayer that prays until it's prayed through, assured of the answer. Amen. Amen. By the way, General Booth of the Salvation Army, all right? Oh, God of cleansing flames, send the fire. He wrote that song, right? This was his wife talking here. You know, what's dangerous. See, if you're going to leave here today bent on prayer, know that you've got an armor to overcome the enemy, but know whatever the enemy's war room looks like, you pop up on the screen as a threat. Because the believer that will pray overcoming prayer is unstoppable. How exciting. Amen. All right, I told you two more. I got one more to go here. To arouse one man or woman to the tremendous power of prayer for others is worth more than the combined activity of a score of average Christians. To see one person roused to making their prayer life what God designed it to be. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray.
bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we started this year sincerely wanting to bring our lives before you and say that we, we really want to live on purpose for you and that we absolutely are depending on you to equip us and talk to us and work in us and show us what that looks like in, in, this, in this year, in this season that we're in now. Lord, I thank you so much that uh, you've just been so good. You've been so good. You've just been moving us. You've been aligning us. You've been leading us. You've been releasing gifts and anointings all around this place so that what you desire to happen, uh, so that it would be unfolding and happening. And we're just so appreciative and we're so grateful for that. Lord, we, we just now this, this morning continue to uh, ask you to work and have your way. We are just so sobered and just so reverent. So becoming more and more aware that the <laughs> enormity of what you want to do Lord, I don't even think we've gotten our hands around it. But we so reverence what was affirmed and confirmed and exhorted here this morning. So Lord, we know in the natural, this is about the time when all that's been done in our lives in the spirit of New Year's resolution starts to melt off. We don't want to be those people, God. We want to be people who live by what is important, who live on purpose, whose lives in the behind the scenes pull us and push us and move us in the direction that you're going and that you're wanting us to go. And so, Lord, as we're now wrapping up talking about living courageously, Lord, we know the opportunity to have courage, the need for courage, uh, it will keep on, <laughs> keep on happening. Lord, let us not let go of what we have gleaned from you in this season. And Lord, today as we've looked at this, this foundation of a life of prayer, Lord, whether we're new in the faith or whether we've been at it the longest, Lord, and everywhere in between. 
do something fresh in our prayer lives. Lord, I pray that you would move us off of, deliver us, God, from anything that's religious mindset to be pleasing you or to try to be talking you into it, to try to be doing works. Lord, deliver us from trying to add into our lives the things that that you want to be anchored. Instead, Lord, give us a grace and, and wisdom to understand how to push out of the way what needs to go out of the way so that what you want center and anchored in priority is set in our lives. Lord, do it by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we will leave this room and the thousand things that will want to pull against what you want to do here this morning will be there. We just declare you're greater than those things. And we are committed to walking out what you want to see walked out. So I just ask once again this morning, Holy Spirit, would you just quicken to hearts? Lord, help us catch, help us have a revelation, help us to have a picture of the great value of of investing our lives more and more into prayer, a lifestyle of prayer. Lord, that picture that you gave or that, that quickening that you gave those years ago in the end of 2012 on this picture of a congregation just set ablaze with Holy Spirit fire. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Lord, we have not been idle. You've been walking us through and you're moving us forward. I thank you now, Lord, you're saying, okay, now here's the next step. And we just give you praise for it. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for not leaving us as we are. As we sang in worship today, you're not done yet. We know it. So Lord, just individually in our homes now, uh, show us how to work this into our lives. Lord, let, let it be lasting, lasting, lasting things. Get, get worked into our lives here. And Lord, regarding the seek God for the city time, Lord, let it absolutely revolutionize people's prayer lives, people's devotion lives, people's households, God, people's marriages. Do above and beyond what we could ask or think. God, we love you so much. Lord, we just love you and worship you. We do want to know you more. We want to know you more, God. So, Lord, we commit all of this into your hands. Lord, this season as a season of preparation to run into all that you have for us in this next year and beyond. We just give it all over into your hands, Lord. It's in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Bless you.